Hello, my oral surgery friends. This is your host, Dr. Grant Stuckey. In this podcast, you will hear surgeons discussing ways to improve the practice of oral and maxillofacial surgery. The goal of this podcast is to evaluate every aspect that a surgeon can improve in order to create a better experience for patients, staff, and the surgeon. Most of the information shared in this podcast will be based on personal experience and opinions. The methods discussed are meant to provoke thought and should be supplemented with research into the approved studies prior to making changes to one's way of practice. Without further ado, please enjoy this episode of Everyday Oral Surgery. Welcome to another episode of Everyday Oral Surgery. This is Dr. Grant Stuckey. Today, I'm with my very close friend, Dr. Michael Hall. Dr. Hall is a general dentist who practices in Colorado. Mike, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, super excited. I think I'm the first general dentist on this show. It's an honor. You are. You are. And not to be taken lightly, we uh, don't let any dentists on the show, so you've reached a whole new standard. <laughs> and, and don't worry, I'm not going to let it get to my head and think that <laughs> in some way, shape, or form I can be affiliated to the status <laughs> of an oral surgeon, but it is nice to just sometimes get a view of what it's like being on top at the oral surgeon level. Right, dude. I <laughs> it's, it's great to have you. Mike's a great friend of mine, and we talk sometimes on the daily about all of our different issues that that we're dealing with with patients and procedures and stuff and I thought it'd be good Mike to have you on the episode for a number of reasons one is so you can give the perspective of the general dentist when dealing with the oral and maxillofacial surgeon but then also too just your business experience with owning a practice that any oral surgeon who's doing that as well could benefit from yeah so the first question is just if you could give us a brief background of your training and your current practice setup Yeah, absolutely. So I did the Air Force out of school, did two years with them in Florida. Great experience to see that side of our country and uh, the military. Only did two years and then came out to Colorado for a job opportunity and did that for three years and purchased an office and uh, have been owning the office now for about four years in Pueblo, Colorado. It's a lower income part of the state. I think it's actually the lowest median income in the entire state. And uh, we do the high volume, see lots of patients every day, lots of extractions every day. And that that's kind of our niche that we've got going on down there in Pueblo. Awesome. Let's start with the perspective part. When you're referring to an oral surgeon, what are your top, let's say, three things you're looking for in, in a specialist, especially the oral surgeon to refer for? Yeah, absolutely. So when I'm thinking about who to refer out to because it, it actually crosses my mind almost on a daily basis, whether it's to an oral surgeon or to an orthodontist or an endodontist. Basically, I have the expectation that whoever I refer out to has the competency to get the work done a great skill level, better than myself, essentially. That, that's baseline. If that's not met, it, it's just never going to work. No matter how nice the guy is, how many cookies they bring me every month <laughs> to send him referrals. If I send him an implant case and it's coming out the opposite end, you know, it's just, it's just not going to work or vice versa. Honestly, they also have to have a good bedside manner with the patient. If we send people over there and they're like, man, that guy was such a jerk. It's just, it would decrease my desire to keep sending referrals over there. Second thing is personality. So I first, you know, assume that they're great clinicians. And the second thing would be personality, getting to know them, their practice philosophy. Also, I like to know the finances of their office and how they charge and what they charge so that I can give the patients a heads up on what to expect. Because I mean, some of these things, 
if we were to send for an external large bone graft and it cost $2,000, like I, it, it's important for me to tell the patients that, hey, I don't know what it's going to cost. It could be around this much. That's that's a big, important influencer in my area where price is so sensitive. So it's important that I have a good communication with the uh, specialist on that regard. But the person who I send all of my referrals to is the guy who bails me out. <laughs> so I remember, I think I told you the story, but you know, I, we do place implants in the office and it was one of my front office girls. She was older, you know, in her sixties and uh, we extracted her teeth and we were going to do four to six implants on the top. And, and she had had chemotherapy and bisphosphonate medication over the years and not IV, but, you know, orals and, and stuff. And so she was a little bit medically compromised and uh, we put six implants in and I remember to go get uh, or restore, you know, we're just going to do an overdenture. And we just went to restore number two or number 15. I can't remember. And I went to go grab it and it just slipped right up into the situs. And, you know, you just, oh my gosh, sweat's coming down. I was just worried. It never happened to me before, you know, so I'm like, what do I do? I call an oral surgeon in the area. He's like, oh, sure. Send her on up. You know, we'll take care of her. So she goes up there and I actually got to go watch the procedure where they laid the flap, you know, and made the window and just sucked it out of there. I mean, it was real quick, probably about five minutes. But totally saved me. And it was with my, you know, front office girl. So it wasn't as sensitive a situation as had it been with a patient or something. But that guy coincidentally gets all my referrals now. (laughs) So the people who have my back, I've sent stuff to a periodontist before who will criticize my crowns or my fillings. And I don't, and it, we don't send to him anymore, you know, and it, what is he, it wasn't even my feelings or my crowns. It's probably some dentist, you know, from 10 years ago. So someone who as a specialist backs me up as a, as a general practitioner, but also helps me out, bills me out in these times. And when you look at the ROI on that, I mean, it took him like clinic clinically, I was in there not more than five to seven minutes. So, and I send him all of my wisdom teeth, you know, my implants, people that just want to be sedated that I don't, I don't do IV sedation. He gets all that stuff. So you look at that ROI, let's say total 30 minutes to an hour of having that patient in his chair. Now he gets all of my work. So it is a good investment on his part, I would feel like. Yeah, that's a great point you bring up is much of a return you can get for helping people out. Especially, you know, when, when they do in a way, maybe, maybe they're not charging you. Maybe they're not saying anything bad about what you did, but kind of telling the patient, yeah, these things can happen and trying to protect you as a person as well. I mean, all those, and those such small things, but to you and the patient, it makes a big deal. Yeah, I would say for me personally, like cookies and gift baskets and stuff don't move the needle a whole lot. You know, it just blends in, just put them in the back. It's like yeah. Christmas vacation, National Lampoon's where he brings in that present and they're all like the jellies and he says, oh yeah, just put it in the back as well. And that's how it is. It's like, thanks so much. I really appreciate, you know, this little basket you put together, but you know, it's just put them in, in the break yeah. room. And Thanks. No, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> it, I mean, I appreciate it, <laughs> but I just don't want people to think that, I mean, I'm sending all these gift baskets out and just nothing's happening. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh, so, so true. So yeah, to summarize, it's it's personality, it's their their work clinically, it's bedside manner, some degree is probably cost and insurance, and then 
it's their ability to help you out when times get tough. Yeah. And I mean, as far as knowing how quality their work is, you know, probably most of that is what patient feedback. I mean, I guess you could see an implant on x-ray, but other than that, you're not going to know how well the wisdom teeth came out or. Right. Yeah. Right. Yep. That's all just feedback. And and they always come back, whether I send them to the endodontist or the orthodontist. And it's funny, they always come back and tell me their whole experience. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes. And usually, I mean, it's mostly always positive. But if there is negative things, they're sure to to bring them up. And so we do hear that back, that feedback from the patient. Okay. That's super helpful. I would wager that probably a lot of guys wouldn't not charge for taking an implant out of the sinus. Most most would charge. Most would say, hey, this shouldn't have happened, you know, and stuff like that. And I'll, I'll take care of you. But the, the, the truly the smart businessman and even just the good, decent person probably is going to say, hey, these things can happen, which they can. Happens to oral surgeons. You know, we all experience stuff like that. And not throw your colleague under the bus and say, hey, I can do this small procedure at a low cost or nothing and put in a good word. So that, that's to me, is a great story. It's a huge example for us. Absolutely. And it was great for me just to know that I have that professional colleague within the area that we can work together on because at that point it feels like a real relationship rather than me just kicking them out stuff all the time and anyways it 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 felt more of a a partnership in a way there and to follow up on that story you said you were there did you ask to come watch it or how did that work out i i can't remember if he invited me up or if i just said hey i would come up but I just cruised on over the office. They did it after work that same day. So, and just to be there for the front office girl because she was a little nervous about it. You know, she didn't know what was going on, and and I couldn't really tell her like, well, this is what to expect. But yeah, so I just went in there in the back, and I mean, that was the first time I'd ever get to see him work as well. You know, because and see his office and meet his staff because usually they're coming to visit us, and as general dentists, we're not going into their offices and meeting their staff and their team before we send out the referrals and stuff. I mean, sometimes that happens, but so that was a great opportunity for me to just gain trust and familiarity with his office. Yeah. And that's really cool too. I think a, and a key point is I'm guessing you were the one who probably said, Hey, would you mind if I came and watched? And he said, great, totally fine. Great examples from both of you because you, you got to see and learn something and also kind of meet him more and cool that he was wasn't phased by that and said yeah of course come watch and not like oh well we, we don't allow anyone else but the patient in the room you know like some people may say right he had a total you know he had the, the two different mentalities of abundance and scarcity and total abundance mentality you know he was a teacher wanted to show me everything talked to me about the whole process and stuff and wasn't sweating it that i was back there or that he was doing it for free or anything like that and he was an older oral surgeon so you know he's been doing this a long time done it a ton of he's done everything for him from a financial standpoint i i imagine based off of the volume of his practice that he's not trying to make the bills every month you know and and a lot of his work comes from the value of treating patients helping doctors and and relationships is probably what keeps him going yeah that's awesome great learning lesson for a lot of us and our listeners thank you for listening to this episode of everyday oral surgery If you are an oral and maxillofacial surgeon and would like to be on this podcast, please email me at grantstuckey at gmail.com or text me at 720-441-6059. Also, if you have any topics that you would like to hear discussed or feedback on a certain episode that has already aired, 
please call or email or text me. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you on the next episode.